I'm Elisa Mortensen, and this is Undo Redo. Let's take a look at all the things that happen in life that we would like to undo and have a chance to redo. Hello, friends. Welcome. How are you? I would like to invite you to interact with me. It's been fun to record these episodes, and now that I have a few listeners and I'm hearing back from you and asking for feedback, um, I get some questions and it opens up some great conversations. So keep letting me know what you're working on and any questions that you have and what topics you'd like me to touch on. Today we're going to talk about this title of this podcast, Undo Redo. I was catching up with a sister-in-law of mine. She mentioned as she was listening to this podcast, she couldn't think of anything in life she would undo. She spoke about this as though all things that have happened had a place and has created her experience of life. I completely agree with her. If we're talking about the actual erasing of a situation or a circumstance that happened, I would not erase any of my experiences because it was too hard or too traumatic. You know, those were my opinions about it because those are my life's curriculum that was meant for me to gain the lessons in the way of my individual evolving and to put me into the next phase of myself by learning why and how I chose to respond at the time. Wishing for something different in life rather than what is happening or what has always been happening is a drain of your energy and a waste of your purpose here. Think about this. If I were to have the exact situation happen to me now that even happened five years ago, I would have experiential wisdom. That's different than knowing what to do. We all know what to do. Experiential wisdom would come from having been there and done that. So when we on this podcast are talking about undo, redo, and undoing something, it is specifically the story that we tell ourselves about it. What we have made it all mean. That is where we take it down, like tear it down or undo and make an intentional redo. Those stories and how and what we have made it mean, like something about us, could be limiting or blocking your growth and your happiness currently in your life right now. And we just carry it with us each day, not even realizing. The happiness we are meant to have in our life right now may not fully be ours until we let go of the stories that take away or disempower and take away our choice, and we could call it our power. The way that we see what has happened can take our power away, depending on what we are making it mean right now today. And I know it's things that have happened in the past, but what are you making it mean right now today? Okay, next. I will tell you the same story twice. And the exercise here 
is to find the difference between these two stories. What feeling do you see with each story? Okay. All right. Let's begin. I have a special needs sister named Jenny. She's five years younger than me, and I have had to do things for her since I can remember. She was my cute little sister, but always difficult. We sometimes would go places or do things because of her. Um, we sometimes wouldn't and couldn't go do things or go places because of her behavior. She would act out in these major fits, seemingly out of nowhere, and she'd cause scenes that were embarrassing to all of us, and I'm sure other people that it affected. Um, it was hard on my parents, and it was hard on us as siblings because she couldn't help with chores and yard work. In fact, she was a chore, and the rest of us always had to do more, and it was hard to manage, and you never knew what was going to set her into a fit. Um, she couldn't talk at first, even, so we all, like, we all had to learn sign language and teach her sign language in order to communicate. Um, even this new communication didn't put an end to any of her fits or frustrations. Um, I was expected to help her get ready to go places and watch over her and like tasked to like go play with her all the time. My mom and dad would get tired of it turning into world war three with her and make us siblings do our thing, which was teasing and tricking her into behaving the way that they wanted her to. So, um, Jenny had figured out how to control my parents and all she needed to do was take her clothes off. We had to stop her or make her put them back on because she was so mad at our parents that they couldn't be the ones who helped her. So as the years went on, she eventually began to use words that sounded kind of like they were actual words and you kind of had to guess. And then those words were changing. She would communicate more, but with the changing words, it was just really hard to keep track and, and understand her. And so, and here's a true story. Okay. Jenny was butt naked. Okay. Obviously she took all of her clothes off at this point and she was running through the house screaming when my now husband was picking me up for our first date. I think he was expecting to meet my parents, but I had to like run out the door and close it behind me quickly and then explain on the way to the car as I was just, could not believe that that was happening all at the same time. And we have happenings like that, so many happenings like that, like all the time. And they're really hard to forget. Like it, it just is, it's just can be too much. So fast forward, when I was proposed to, I had to tell him that I was always going to have to watch over her and even end up with her when my parents couldn't do it anymore because that was like my gut feeling that I was trying to push away. He was okay with it and we got married and had um, four kids on our own and she would come over for me to watch her and she would still throw her fits. So I had little ones that were throwing fits and we never knew what was going to happen between the two of them because all of them just set each other off like kids do. Four kids were hard enough on their own, let alone having another one, but now an adult, right? She's in an adult body acting like a kid too. And they just fought like siblings. So just added to the whole mess. Um, I'll never know what it's like to hang with a sister, share clothes or go on a double date or have a little sister who has a family of her own and trade off watching our kids or anything like that and get together and do fun things, which is a shame. 
And because my mom was still so busy with her and having her own kids, I didn't have her help and availability with my kids like I wanted. Like it has all just been much more than I see everyone else have to deal with. And um, I've always had to deal with more than most people. Plus, I had to do it without as much help as others had from their husbands even. Because my husband, Dan, he's both a fire and police uh, first responder. So he had all these days on work, on shift. And then he had these all these days like off to work and shift, which, which mean, means he had to recover when he was around and he was home. Or he was just gone. So he was gone days and nights on end, right? And this would happen over the weekends. It happened over holidays, birthdays, anniversaries. And there were deployments too, like to other areas during major disasters, SWAT team raids, undercover operations and investigating duties. And they could be mandatory literally at any time. And it was never convenient, like ever. He was also having to be out in the like city that he works in with 1.5 million people looking all over in these sketchy areas for all these suspects in the criminal cases and like arresting them and interrogating them sometimes with major fights too. And like sometimes not having people have his back because the, just the, the whole pandemic even put like there were no police available. And so he would just be on his own having to deal with like trying to do his job. I just, I haven't even mentioned the countless life threatening situations and close calls that he was placed in that could have probably, you know, ended in him not coming home ever again. So I had to do all of this because no one else could, right? I did it all because who was going to help me, right? Like who was going to do it for me? It gave me anxiety, it stress. I felt abandoned in it. And all while I ran the whole household and all the people in it by myself. Okay, story number two. Ready? I have a special needs sister, Jenny. She's five years younger than me. I've helped her do things since I can remember. She's my cute little sister. We sometimes didn't go places or do things because of her inability to understand. She would act out without any notice and could disturb things all the time. We did know that she wasn't understanding most things. So it was, it was understandable, but inconvenient. It was tricky to solve for at times, and my parents and us siblings were trying to figure it all out. She couldn't help with chores or yard work, and she couldn't even talk at first. So we all learned sign language, and we taught her sign language so we all could communicate better. And this new communication, it didn't put an end to all the frustration, but it did make it more clear as to what she wanted. I helped her get ready to go places. I watched over her when she needed somebody, or I would just go play with her. My mom and dad could see that us siblings were able to tease and trick her into behaving, and we utilized that technique often. She would get mad at my parents and manipulate them by taking her clothes off. And as siblings, we would jump in and try to redirect her, redirecting her mind and playing games, lightening the mood, and winning her cooperation with much convincing, which became a talent, and I was already good at it and used it for my kids often when I had them. She eventually began to use words that sounded like the actual words, and we were so excited. We noticed she was communicating so much better as the words went, as the years went on. Um, her words and her sentences became more accurate. And here's a true story. Jenny was butt naked, running through the house, screaming in one of her fits, 
when my now husband Dan picked me up for our first date. He was expecting to meet my parents, but I ran out and closed the door quickly behind me to keep her privacy and I explained to him on the way to the car all about her. We have so many favorite moments similar to that that will never be forgotten and we always bring up and have a good laugh. When I was proposed to, I asked him if it was okay with him that I always wanted to be the one to watch over her and to end up with her when my parents couldn't care for her any longer and that is truly how I felt. He agreed to it without hesitation. We married and I had four kids of my own. Jenny came over to be with me and to be with our family and to enjoy each other's company. She also enjoyed our family and she wanted to be included. And my kids fell in love with her and wanted her to be included. And boy, was she included. We treated her as family and she treated us the same, all the good and bad that came with it. And at times it was hard because she didn't understand that the kids were always making messes and crying things she wasn't allowed to do things we got upset for her for doing. So she was upset that the little kids acted out and were able to do that. And it, and it seemed like I was okay with it. Um, we never knew what her reactions would be, but we just kind of rolled with whatever while making light of our crazy situation and had so many laughs. And um, she was about six years old in some areas of her brain at that time. And I don't know what it's like to have a sister that shares clothes or goes on double dates or like a little sister to have her own family and, and take turns watching each other's kids or go do activities. But this experience has opened me up to much more than I ever imagined possible. Like nothing compares to caring for someone who can't care for themselves or someone who doesn't even want you to care for them. Sometimes she just didn't even want me there. I, she, you know, she just tell me to leave. And like little kids do, they just don't want you there. And so to love her in those spaces really had made me grow because I needed to keep showing up for her, whether she wanted me to or not. Um, and also in this situation, my mom and I had kind of like quote unquote kids the same age, and we can enjoy all the age relevant activities together with like our kids. I know it was aunt Jenny, but we still did the same things all the six-year-olds did. And it was more fulfilling than having a usual or normal sister experiences. So as you can see, I've had more on my plate than most people. This, I believe, has shaped and molded me into someone who can take on much more in my life with seemingly less effort. And I think that's a talent you acquire while juggling as often as I have, as long as I have, you know, been doing in, in my life with it. Plus I did it all without as much help as other wives had from their husbands. So I, I mean, go me, my husband, Dan is both a fire and a police first responder. So he does days on and days off shift work, which meant he needed to sleep and recover when he was home or he was just gone. Okay. Helping others. And, um, we need to have people that do that in our country, in, in our areas. So him leaving happened, you know, over holidays and birthdays, anniversaries. Some of our favorite memories are, you know, having Thanksgiving at the fire station and the, you know, doing anniversaries and birthdays on different dates or at the fire station as well. 
There were deployments to other areas of major disasters as well, um, undercover vice operations, SWAT team raids, and investigating duties. They, they were all his specialty. Like He is really good at what he does, and I'm so proud of his talents. There was also a whole bunch of like hazardous materials and bomb trainings. Really, there wasn't much he wasn't involved in when it comes to um, responding in Salt Lake City. He would also go out in the one and a half million population um, in the city looking for suspects in criminal cases and um, really good at, at finding out where they are and um, arresting and interrogating them, sometimes with hands-on fighting, which he was really well trained in and did well. There were countless situations that he has had the opportunity to share his skills during these calls that he was responding on to and for the public. And all while I ran the household and all the people in it. And who better than me? Because they are my people. And I was just meant for just them. And they were meant for just me. They needed what I had to offer. And most of the time, what I could offer was just giving it my best. And that was always good enough. Okay, class. Pencils down. That comment really ages me. But what are your answers, listeners? Did you see a difference in the feeling? How would you explain that difference in that same story being told twice? The first story was life happening to me. The second was life happening perfectly for me. Here's what I want you to know. You are not being tossed around emotionally by the things that happen in your life. You are being tossed around emotionally by your brain. It's not what happens. It's our thoughts about what happens that create our emotions and our experience today. In other words, it's the negative um, adjectives and adverbs that we are using in our stories. This is our work to do, okay? Leave the victimization out of it so we can up-level our experience in our life. We can have rich and meaningful experiences and maximize our growth, embracing it, creating, as a result, our own joy and happiness. Now, how we choose to see the things that happen in our life take us either further into empowering and freedom or further into disempowering and confinement. Two very opposite experiences for us, all done in our mind, having nothing to do with what goes on. One being very open, willing, and solving, and the other being very limited, limiting to you, closed and stuck. So what stories in your life have you been telling with this kind of feeling or this kind of a contrast? that is leaving you with little confidence and taking away from your current or future happiness by blaming what went on in the past. Ask yourself this question and your mind will go to work searching for the answer. Slowly, the story you tell yourself or others and what you identify with will change and you'll begin to see what you have missed. That is your chance to undo what happened and redo it in your favor. It no longer being what you are at the effect of. Or it having a hold on you for days to come and carrying it with you into the next days in your future. 
You choose, my friends. And if someone came to mind while you were listening to this, please share it with them because that is how the heavens reach us is through each other. If you want my help with this or need proof to see that this coaching stuff will work for you, go to lifecoachalisa.com and sign up for a free chat with me. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at lifecoachalisa and I'll see you next time. Bye.